بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصحب الزمسن بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أما بعد الحمد لله today we will continue with uh, the kitab kitab al-Hajj and previously we discussed يعني, some of the main aspects of the Hajj for example the Ihram, the Miqat and so <coughs> previously when we discussed them, the Ihram بالتالي, يعني, that which follows يعني, logically of course is that we discussed that which will harm the state of Ihram essentially nullify that state what are the actions that nullify the state of being in the haram? And so Ibn Qudama, rahimahullah, he begins by mentioning Waya Tisa. Yani, there are nine. So there are nine things that nullify the state of the haram. And he mentions the first one, Halq al-Sha'r. So the first of them is the shaving of the head. So one is not permitted to shave the head whilst in the state of Ihram and the proof for that is the hadith Naam, <coughs> is the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim in which there is the hadith of Ka'ab Ibn Ujra Ka'ab Ibn Ujra which he mentions that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentions that it appears that you face harm by way of the or by way of the, the aggravation upon your head. Naam. I says Naam, Ya Rasulullah. Oh yes, Messenger of Allah. Bukhar Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa اهلك رأسك وصوم ثلاثة أيام أو أطعم ستة مسكين أو أنسك شه and so due to that which he is he was afflicted with by way of head the head injury the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم advised him to shave the hair and then fast three days or Feed six from the masakin or to slaughter the sheep. And so this is an indication, this, this is an indication that the shaving of the hair is from the things that nullify the state of Ihram or very least harm that. 
And so, likewise, we understand from this as well is that the shaving of the hair, a removal of the hair, is not just exclusive to remove the hair on the head. And so, when it says removal of the hair or shaving of hair, then we understand this to be shaving of any hair. Now, I'm shaving of any hair. Likewise, as well, with this, there is ijma, there's consensus. There's a consensus upon the one, uh, the one that's upon the, in the state of Ihram, to cut the nails. So this is the second one. So the first one is shaving of the hair. The second, cutting of the nails. And this is the ijma of Ahlul Ilm. And the person cannot cut the nails illa min udhr. The person is not permitted to cut the nails except if they have a justified and legislated excuse. And just as you find that this, the person is not, is not permitted to yeah, and he's shaved the hair, he's not permitted to take from the nails. And Ibn Mundur, Ibn Mundur, he mentions, أَجْمَعْ كُلُّ مِنْ نَحْفَظْ أَنْهُ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ أَلَا الْمُهْرِمْ أَنْ يُزِيلَ ظَفْرَهُ بِنَفْسِهِ إِذَا انْكَسَرْ لِأَنَّهُ يُعَذِّيهِ وَيُعْلَمُهُ يعني وأشبه الشعر يطلع في عينه وصائل يصول عليه and so Ibn Mundari mentions that there is consensus in relation to the nail. Uh, consensus from the, the people of knowledge that we have memorized from, as he mentions, is that the muhrim, the one that is in the state of ihram, he is permitted to remove the nail by himself if it breaks. Why? Because it's bringing some form of harm. The nail that's broken now has brought harm and is bringing some sort of pain. And this is compared to يعني, the hair that may overgrow and may enter into the eyes. Again, this should be removed. This is meant to be removed. And so, what we understand from the speech, again, going back to the affair of the other, يعني, the legislative excuse that the individual is permitted to take from the nails if he has a legislated excuse, excused in the by way of the shara. Thereafter, Ibn Qudam goes into mention, and so, he mentions free from these mahdurat, the things that cause or nullify the ihram, free of them require يعني, the slaughter. Now, free of them require the slaughter. So when, when you find in the books of uh, Hajj, when they, were, when they were discussing the monastical Hajj, they were mentioning the dem. Them literally means what? You don't know? Blood. 
Dam literally means blood. However, what's referring to here is the slaughter. Now, the slaughter is done as a means of expiation for that particular action. So, for example, the ones we've discussed previously, the one that shaves the hair. Now, before he's completed the monastic hajj, the rites of hajj. Then, in this scenario, he may do one of three things, which are, remember? Fast, three days. Or three, six from the poor, or he may do, now. And so what you find is that he mentioned, for example, for alayhi bidam, upon him is the blood. And you're referring to the slaughter. So, with this is mentioned, yeah, and that he does the slaughter, except, naam, if he is not, or except in a scenario where he's permitted to do other than that. He's permitted to do the uh, feeding of the poor. Or he's permitted to fast as expiation for that action. And the mission is Robert Sa'ar. And when it comes to the feeding, that is the quarter of a sa'ar, yeah, any particular measurement of the sa'ar. So, that's the second. The third, Atharif, Lubsul Makhid, Illa an la yajid, Izaran, Fayalbisu, Sawareen, or la yajid, Na'alain, Fayalbisu, Khufain, Wala Shay Ali. And so the third, is that the person wears clothing naam, that is stitched. So, for example, the khamis. The person wears the khamis. You cannot, this, is, this is not permitted to wear. What did we say? That is the, when we discussed the ihram, what is the clothing of the ihram? The izar. Mm -hmm. <coughs> With the condition, specifically, that it's not what? Unstitched. Now there's no stitching in their clothing. Now there's no stitching in the clothing. And so, with this, I, as that being a condition, then we say that if a person does wear that, then they have again nullified that state of ihram. Except, as mentioned, if the person does not have a izar. So he doesn't, he doesn't find clothing for Izar. Naam. At the bottom half. Or he doesn't find يعني, some Na'alain uh, shoes to wear. Then he's permitted to wear. What if he doesn't find the Izar? He's permitted to wear trousers. <coughs> this is a case of he doesn't find it at all. And if he doesn't find shoes at all, then he can wear, then he can wear the, from the Khufayn. And again, this is mentioned by Ibn Mundur. Ibn Mundur mentions the Ijma' of Ahlul Ilm. Al-Muhrim Mamnu' min Lubs al-Qamis. Al-Muhrim, the one that's in the state of Ram, it is, is not permitted for him to wear the Qamis. Wal-Sarawil. Wal-Khifaf. Naam. And so it's Ijma' that is not permitted to wear the Qamis, the shirt. He's not permitted to wear. Yeah, the trousers or the leather socks, and so this is 
based on the hadith mutafakhan alayh where the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he outlines these things that are, that are not permitted to be worn he mentions la tabusul qamis wal amaim wa sarawilat na'u ila akhir hadith hadith found in bukhari muslim where he mentions specifically na'am the prohibition do not wear the qamis the shirt or the amaim that which is worn around the head Naam, the imam, or the trousers, or, the sh- or anything that is regarded as being from the shirts. Likewise, do not wear from the leather socks. So, of course, leather socks are stitched. Naam, so anything that is stitched. Except for the one that does not find his shoes to wear. Naam, then he may wear the khufayn. Naam. وَلْيَقْتَعَهُمَا مِنْ أَسْفَلِ مِنْ كَعْبِينَ And he cuts them from below the ankles. Naam. And so, this is the third. Naam, this is the third. Then we have the fourth. وَالْرَابِعِ تَقْطِيَةُ الرَّأْتِ وَالْأُذْنَيْنِ مِنْهُ and the fourth is covering over the head. Covering the head. And the ears are regarded as being from the head. The ears are regarded as being from the head. How do you know the ears are regarded as being from the head? Because of the wudu. Naam. And what with the wudu? Where, what, where, is the, where is the head mentioned in wudu? Where is it mentioned? Ayah. The ayah. Now, so the ayah mentions the wudu. And the ayah mentions what first in the wudu? Washing? The face. The face. Then washing? The hands, the arms. Then wiping? The head. And then washing? The feet. Time. So when you, when you understand this now, that these are the four things mentioned in wudu. The face, the arms, the head, and the feet. Naam. However, then you have the detail of the sifa of the wudu. Yeah, the description of the wudu. The manner in wudu in which wudu is performed. Naam. And the manner in which wudu is performed, it mentions the washing of the face along with mad mada wa ishtishak. So when we understand this description of the wudu, Along with the ayah, then we understand that the madmada, the nose, and that which is entered within the nose, and that which is entered within the mouth, is from the wudu. Naam, it's from the washing of the face, rather. Naam, it's inclusive of that. Naam, is clear? Likewise, then we come to the, the part where it mentions the wamsuhu biru'usikum. Naam, and so wipe over the heads. When we have the description of the wudu within the hadith, the hadith mentions the wiping of the head as well as the wiping over the ears. And so then we understand that the ears are inclusive of the head. And so thus, when we go, when we discuss the head in ahkam, the head is inclusive of the ears. Naam. 
And so when we're talking now about this fourth uh, nullifier, then this fourth nullifier is the prohibition of covering the head, and that which is inclusive of that is covering over there is. And there's no khilaf, there's no difference of opinion amongst Ahl al-Ilm. And so, with this, from this is understood from يعني, the hadith or the hadith of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam found regarding the mayyit, regarding the mayyit, the one that has passed away, where he mentions alayhi salatu wasalam, لا تخمروا رأسه فإنه يبعث يوم الكيامة ملبيا I do not cover his head نعم do not cover his head for indeed he will be raised يوم الكيامة stating the talbiyah what's understood from this is that this is a general prohibition of covering over the head so even though we understand that the one that is is wrapped now during the washing or after the washing during the, for the janazah the one that is wrapped that he is not uh, permitted or is not permitted to cover the head just anyone anyone else that has passed away before the janazah after the washing you would cover the head you cover the whole body in the shroud you cover the whole body as for the muhrim the one that dies in the state of ihram then he, when he dies, the head is remained uncovered due to this narration. However, this narration, Ahl al they mention this is and this is something mentioned as ijma. Naam, ijma again mentioned by Ibn Mundir. He mentions ajma Ahl al Ilm ala anna al muharim mamnu min takmir rats takmir ratsahu or min takmir ratsi. And so, is ijma the consensus? That it is, يعني, not permissible for the one that is in the state of Ihram to cover over his head. Naam, to cover over his head. And this is due to the general narration here. Also, some of Ahlul Imla mentioned in relation to this as well is that this is. This is also inclusive of the one of course that is in the state of ihram and he goes to sleep and some people when they go to sleep they cover over the head this again enters into that hukum and so whilst a person of course if he's sleeping and he's not aware that he's covering over his head now there's nothing upon him why because he's not aware of what he's doing he's sleeping however he cannot actively cover over his head يعني, with the the, the, bed, the bedding, for example, while sleeping. So some people, they may, when they go to sleep, they cover over their head. First thing they do, cover their head. Naam. But when they say ihram, you cannot do this. Why? Because the covering of the head is not restricted to clothing. Naam. Because the general, the narration mentions in general, do not cover the head. So it's not restricted to clothing. So if the person now is, is, is sleeping, for his, of course, this may be more relevant for the Hajj than the Mu'temir. 
And this is maybe more, more relevant for the one that's performing Hajj than the one that is performing Umrah. Why? Because Hajj is over days. And of course, during that time, you're going to need to sleep. Whilst Umrah, the person may do it straight away and there's no sleep in between that. But it may also occur for the Muqtamir as well. There are scenarios where it will occur for the one that's in, uh, uh, performing Umrah. And I call it that this individual should not cover over naam, the head while sleeping. Uh, deliberately, that's the point. Time. Thereafter, we have the fifth. We have the fifth, which is a tayyib fi badnihi wa thiyabi. And this is that the individual perfumes his body or perfumes his clothing. Now, perfumes his garments. And again, this is something which is mujma' ali. Mentioned that there's ijma' in, in relation to that. This is due to the, to the narration found in Sahih Bukhari. It mentions La tuhannitu. Yani, tuhannitu referring to the perfume. You do not perfume oneself or yourselves. And in the narration found, or the wording, the same narration, but the wording found in uh, Sahih Muslim mentions La tamsuhu bitayyub. I do not touch it with perfume. Referring to yani, the, the perfume oneself. However, it's important to distinguish between what is done before Ihram and after the state of Ihram. Because what is done before the state of Ihram, can one perfume themselves? Before entering the state of Ihram. We discussed it last time now. You can. And rather, that is what? From the Sunnah. Now, rather, it's from the Sunnah to do. So, not only are they permitted to do it, it's rather it's encouraged. It's Mahmud, it's something which is praiseworthy. Thereafter, whilst in the state of Ihram, Naam, they perfume themselves. It's not permitted. Naam, it's not permitted. But what could be said as well is that it's from the hikmah that the person perfumes himself before the state of Ihram because they're not permitted to do so whilst in the state of Ihram. They're not permitted to do so whilst in that state of Ihram. Allah Ta'ala A'lam. Naam. Then we have a sadis The sixth. The sixth is a qatl. Naam. The qatl. Referring to qatl al-sayyid. So the person cannot kill Yani hunt. And Ibn Khudama goes on to mention further Wahua Makana Wahshiyan Mubahan Wama Sayyid Al Bahar Wal Ahli Wama Harum Akaluhu فلا شيء لا شيء فيه إلا ما كان متولدا من معقول وغيره. and so this regards in regards to the hunting, the hunting is as Ibn Khudam has specified ما كان وحشي مباحة what is Wahshi, yani wild and mubah, permissible. Yani permissible to eat. Naam, 
This is what is regarded as being hunting. This is what is regarded as being hunting. And there's no khilaf in relation to that. As for that which is domesticated or that which is haram to eat, then this is not regarded as being from the uh, hunting. So that's due to that la shay Ali. There's nothing upon him by way of expiation. So it's important to distinguish a person. The qatl is not something which is yani yani comprehensive. Any any form of killing of an animal. No, rather it's the qatl is sayyid. So it's the qatl, the killing of something which is permissible to be yani eaten. And so they kill it for that, or they kill it and they hunt it in that regard. This is something that cannot be done whilst in the state of ihram. As for the Sayyid al-Bahr, so as for, for example, the hunting or the, the fishing essentially, then this is something which is permissible to do as well. This is permitted. Thereafter, we have the seventh, which is the Aqtun Nikah. La yusih minhu wa la fidyatun fihi. And so, the Aqtun Nikah is not permissible, and rather it is not a correct Nikah. So doing the marriage contracts whilst in the state of ihram is not a correct, a correct nikah. Naam. But there's no fidya as well. There's no expiation to be done in that regard. Now, what we understand from this tahrim, I def- the affair of it being haram, is that this is the tahrim for all parties. Naam. The tahrim for all parties. Meaning, the person cannot marry the one that he is a wali for, he's a guardian for, whilst in the state of ihram. Nor can a person accept the offer whilst in the state of ihram. Naam. So if any of those parties in the state of ihram, then this nikah cannot be performed. Naam. Naam. This is used to the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, where he mentions لا ينكح المحرم ولا ينكح ولا يخطب And so the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he mentions that the one that is muhrim, the one that is the state of ihram cannot Yani make a marriage contract. Nor can he marry someone off as right, the wali. Nor can he yani make an engagement. Nor can he make an engagement. And so this is what we understand from the one making a marriage contract. Type. 
Then we have the eighth. Is al mubashara li shahwatin fi madun al farj. And so, with this, this eighth is the touch and the sexual touch with desires. Naam, that's what occurs between the man and the wife, with desires. Without the touching of the private parts. And so, with this, this again, this differs from the actual contract. The person does a contract is one thing. Thereafter, what occurs, if this occurs, then this is something which causes the person to nullify that state of ihram. Naam. Wallahu alam. Then we have the ninth. We have the ninth and the final. Is that what will fill forge? فإن كان قبل تحلل الأول فسد الحج ووجب المدي في الفاسد والحج من قابل فإن كان بعد تحلل الأول ففيه شاء ويحرم من تنعيم ليتوف المحرمة أنسو Here it mentions يعني, the individual that has sexual relations. This is the ninth one, ninth and final. So sexual relations. So this is again, of course, is more than just a touch with desires. And this is the actual act. In this regard, then Ibn Khadama, he mentions that there's a difference between the tahallul. Right, so for Hajj, the tahallul occurs twice. Naam, tahallul occurs twice. Tahallul referring to the effect, uh, the, in effect, the person leaving that state of ihram. Naam. And so when is the first tahallul occurring? Who know? The Umrah? The Umrah and... What's the second one then? And the end of the Hajj. I'm smiling. I don't know if he's smiling because he agrees or disagrees. <laughs> it's not. It's not that. It's not that. No. Tahallul. When does tahallul occur? The first and then the second. After the stone of Jamarat. After the stone of Jamarat. He's on Jamarat a few times. Which one then? Ba'la tawafil ifada. So if this the next tahallul, the first one, the awwal, okay, the second? Second is after the day of the day of the day of the day of the and in the second after Tashriq, or after he's, he's done the, the final stonings and the Tashriq, and thus he leaves Mina. 
So the first tahallul, the first tahallul is on the tenth day. Naam, so he does all the actions on the tenth day. Do you mention, do you remember what we did? We mentioned regarding those actions he does on the tenth day. Slaughter. Well, let's go, we'll go, we'll go through the, the description of Hajj again. Let's do it quickly now. So we understand when, and we'll put in the Tahallul each time. So the first, when does the Hajj begin? Which day? Which day of, of the Hajj? Which day? The 8th. Naam, the 8th. Naam. And on the 8th day, you go from where to where? From wherever you are, so let's say Mecca, Aziziyah, wherever you are, to Mina. Naam. And then you stay in Mina until the ninth day. On ninth day, you go to where? Arafah. Taib, on ninth day, you go to Arafah. And you stay in Arafah until Maghrib. Naam. You pray Maghrib, Maghrib Isha, and you go, then you leave Arafah and you go to where? This is, the, this is on which day now? We're still on? We're on the ninth day. We're going to the tenth now. going to the tenth day. So then you go to? Muzdalifah. You stay in Muzdalifah, and then after Fajr, you go to where? On This is the tenth day. After Fajr, you go where? You go to back to Mina. Naam. And you do what? No, you do. You do that stoning. No, what else? Slaughtering. Then you go to Makkah. You can do that. Tawaf. No, tawaf your father. Stoning done. And then shaving the head. So, you go back to Mina. and then you go back to Mina now. So, that's the first tahallul. So, when you've done those actions, after you shave the head, that's the first tahallul. That makes sense. You've done all those actions, you shave the head. That's the first tahallul. Regards to that, regarding that, because you perform that first, that first tahallul, you can now do what. You can. Those things that are halal outside the state of Ihram, except for. Matural relations. Now, so after the first tahallul, the person can wear their clothes, makhit. They can wear their thobe, they can wear their clothing as normal. Now, however, they are not permitted to uh, uh, have marital relations. Okay. Then you have the person who remains in Mina for those days, forming a Jamarat, the Ramya Jamarat. Until he ends that, and then that's the second Tahallul. Naam. And then that's when he's meant to do everything. So Ibn Qudama, when he mentions here, this final, uh, the final Mahdhura, 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 he divides into two. 
Alright, when it occurs. It depends upon when it occurs. So if it occurs before the first tahallud. So person, the person does it before the tenth day, before he's done the action on the tenth day. The slaughtering, the tawaf, all the things we mentioned. Now, if he does it before that, now, then the individual fasad al hajj. Now, he's nullified his hajj, corrupts his hajj. If he does it after that first, now, then upon him is to do the slaughter. Now, it's upon him to do the slaughter. Does that make sense? Then he goes on to mention, Rahimahullah, that if the person does it in marriage relations whilst in the state of Ihram for Umrah, Afsadah, so if it's for Umrah, just Umrah, not Hajj, then he's nullified the Umrah. Naam. And. Then he mentions Al-Mar'a Karajali. The woman is like the man in relation to these affairs, all these things, all these nine. Illa al-Ihramuha fi wajhiha walaha al-Lubsa al-Wakhit. Except for the fact that she is able to wear that which is stitched and that she must not cover the face. Naam, must uncover the face when they say to Ihram. So it's it's uh, it's muharram uh, for her to cover the face. I referring to the wearing of what is what is commonly referred to as a niqab. Naam. So what is done by the women that commonly will cover their, cover their faces anyway is that they will extend the clothing to cover over the face, which is permissible. But they cannot have a separate garment that covers the face. That's what is understood by way of that. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. We'll conclude with that, inshaAllah. Sakam la khaira. Wa barakallahu fikum. Wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. لا بد من من الدم إذا ما ما رجع قبل صلاة الفجر إلى مينا فشرط إذا يعني تأخر في هو لسبب مش يعني تأخير الاستحام إذا ما رجع مينا فلا بد ولكن هو ما هو ما رجع بسبب هو هو ما رجع بسبب تأخيري في إضاعة الوقت في الحرم فعلي الله أعلم لأن ذكر ذكر بعض أهل العلم أن أن التواف لا ما يكون شرط أن يكون هذا التواف أو تواف الإفاضة على نفس الترتيب فقد قد قد يطوف بعده أيضا وقد يطوف أنا أراجع المسألة لكن قد يطوف مع طواف الوضاعة مع الجمع النياتين نعم ولكن أنا سمعت أول ما ينتهي من 
الفاضي فلا بد يرجع قبل صلاه الفجر ولا بد يكون في منى في اذا تاخر فعليه اضحيه خلاص ان شاء الله الراجع الراجع مثلا دخل لك Yes. Uh, he mentioned uh, um, and you spoke about engagement as well. well the narration is engagement. Okay. So no. that, um, does that mean that that's invalid as well? If, if engagement occurs. From what's apparent, it, it, it is because it's entered within the same narration. It's discussed within the same narration. And so what we understand from engagement as well is that a person makes an agreement. Of marriage with someone whilst in the state of Ihram. And then, if they were to get married after that, then that would be a, their marriage. Would no, be that wouldn't invalid the marriage, invalidate the marriage, right? Because the, if the nikah is done with all the conditions of nikah in place, then that's that's one thing. They're two separate things. The the the, the engagement is one thing, and the engagement is basically just the arrangement. Now, and then. Uh, the nikah itself is another thing. No. Oh yeah. So I've got a question regarding like if you have footwear, like usually slippers. Yeah. Someone got a stitching with it. Yeah. And like you wear it tomorrow, is that like? If it's if it's just the footwear, yeah. then the footwear is permitted as as the, uh, as narration mentioned the na'alin. Permitted to wear the na'alin. So as for the footwear, it's permitted. But as for anything else, it's no. Wallahi. ماذا <laughs> لأن أصحب أصبح الحرام فأصبح أسهل قصدك لا لا هكذا هكذا الشيطان وهكذا بس العقل يرى العقل يرى شيء حسن أو شيء أسهل لأنه حرام وممنوع والله ما رأيت يعني في مجموعة تقريبا 27 نفر it's mentioned that sometimes you find things that are in the, the things that are haram, that are generally halal. When they're haram, I, due to due to be in the state of haram, now it becomes easy. So you find, in terms of marriage, you find someone to marry, easy, in Hajj. Someone be looking all of these times to get married, enough to not find anything. Then there's Hajj, khalas. And it's, it all becomes easy, even maybe uh, hunting. I'm trying to have people hunt, but then all of a sudden opportunities become available to hunt. Things like this, well, I'm, no. I said sometimes it's the, 
It's the mind as well. The mind tells us this becomes easier. But Allah, Allah, no. Mm. Also. Regarding the, the ihram of the women, yes. as you Garment, but as they had covering, but they, they can't do any separate garment. But if they have the head covering, like the the what they call it, the veil, the khimar, yeah, yeah, they can cover their face. Yeah, they, they, they can use that to cover the face. Now, it's it's the, like sometimes they put on like this and then they cover with the same garment. Is that allowed? The same garment, if it's using the same garment, now, so the covering the face, we understand from the covering of the face is that they cannot use a separate garment. So generally the woman, outside of Ihram, she has a separate garment to cover the face. Okay. Now, but if she has this the same garment and she uses that same garment and it covers over the face, then that Is it Abdul for her to cover or is it for her to leave it while Ihram? Uh, for most apparent, if you, if you're upon the opinion of uh, the obligation for her covering her face and it being from her older, she has to cover it still. Allah Adam. Barakallah you mentioned about the person in the state of Iran now. The head? Yes. Yes. Is that the case for the females? No. So if the the woman is covered up as 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 she would be generally covered up, as for the men, then now the men are uncovered. Because of course, this is is with the females. Is to preserve her, her aura. As for the males and the, the face and the head is not from the, from his aura, so this can remain uncovered, inshallah. Um, but you see this as well sometimes. When you go to Mecca, you'll see people, the, the bodies being lined up, and some of them actually have died in the state of Iran. So you'll see them, uh, you, you, uh, you see that it looks like just a set of people sleeping, but um, yeah, that they've passed away in the state of Iran. No. No. You know when you're a traveller and you're setting off on a journey, mm -hmm. when do you read the Ayat Safar? Do you read it as soon as like you get in your car and just outside your house or once you become a traveller once you've left your seat? You should, you should, you should uh, do the Ayat Safar um, when you begin the journey. Uh, even though know, you haven't left maybe your city, you do it at that point, why? Because you've, in, you've started off with the intent of that journey. So the fact that you've left and you intended to... So as soon as you begin the intent to, 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 to travel, inshallah. So if it's a case of you're leaving the house with the intent to travel, then you do it then, inshallah. Um, if it's, for example, you're out already, then you think, oh, let me just go somewhere, which is a travel, then at that point, you do just that. No. Yeah. The first two so you're you're traveling and you missed the first two. Yeah. yeah. But when you is only to pray two, but if you pray with the Jamaah, mm -hmm. you have to make up two more. Right? Yes. So if you if you've come into the masjid, you're a traveller, and they pray, you missed the two, and now you pray two with the Imam, you have to complete the other two as if you because you was praying with the Imam in that in that, in that case. The only time you wouldn't complete is what. In what scenario? Huh? If you were the Imam. No, no, I'm saying if you if you if you were sitting the Imam. No, no, I'm talking about if 
if you're following the imam, okay. in what scenario, what scenario would you end? Would you finish the salah with the imam? Salat al-Maghrib. Okay, why? Yeah, you, uh, he was there, he was there, and you, you pulled out the challenge last minute. <laughs> he was there, he was there. And what's the question? And what scenario? Could we mention the scenario where the, the, a person comes in, the imams already pray two rakah, so then you complete the, the, those other two as well, right? In what scenario would you would you miss something from the salah and still complete with the imam? When you miss the first rakah. No. No, that's it. If you miss the first rakah of Salat al-Maghrib, then you would complete the Imam. Why? Because that is three rakah. No, and you was gonna pray three rakah anyway. No. So sorry, Afwan. So if no, not Salat al-Maghrib, you it's upon you to play Maghrib, but the Imam's praying Isha. No, and then you've the Imam's prayed. You missed the first rakah, and he's prayed three others, and you met you prayed other three others with him. Then in that scenario, you end with the Imam. No, you finish Salat with the Imam. I feel so, so. Uh, you answered the question. I said, is that the case when he's traveling? Yeah, when he's traveling, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he's traveling. So, if you're a traveler, like, uh, you go to the city and then you pray, like, Maghrib, with the Imam. So, what's better for you to do the Jama'ah with another two for Isha? Or just wait as you know you're going to be there and uh, they're going to do Jama'ah anyway? So, in that case, what's the. Uh, and so, you, you traveled and you know, you know that you're going to be there for Isha anyway, basically. No, you you present while Maghrib arrived. Yes. You prayed Maghrib. Yeah. After Maghrib, you know, with the travel, you have to combine Maghrib and Isha. You don't have to combine. Huh? You don't have to combine. You don't have to. No, you have to shorten, uh -huh. but you don't have to combine. Oh, it's not. It's not like. Is it not better to combine the both? Is there's like Dohar with Asr or as, at the Asr time Dohar and Asr? There's 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 fat there's fatter than both, so you can you can combine and you can pray separately as well. What you must do though is shorten. You cannot. You can't pray the full the full salah, if that makes sense. But if you're behind the imam and they're doing four, how could you shorten? No, no, no. So I mean, if you pray by yourself, other than the imam. Oh, okay. So if you pray by yourself, you have to shorten. Mm -hmm. Or if you're the imam, you have to shorten. If you pray behind the imam that is resident, then you pray the full the full salah. But if you are um, praying by yourself, or you pray, or you're the imam, then you have to shorten. But when it comes to jam, when it comes to combining, then this is you're not um, obligated to combine. Rather, as well, there's some narration that mentions how the Prophet would pray the salawat in each and every one of their times whilst traveling. And so there's further mention in actually praying the salat in its time as well, even whilst traveling. No. Yeah, yeah, short on the slide, yeah. Okay. But what about if, like, say, if you don't visit family members? Yeah. And you know that you say you go from Manchester to a different city. Yeah. You're going to be there for like a week. Mm hmm. So you've traveled there. Yeah. The first day you got there. Yeah. Do you still need to, if you know that you're relaxed, <coughs> you just pray like normal without short? We hope you'll be relaxed anyway. Inshallah. <laughs> 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 you're not on edge. <laughs> not, that's not a condition that you've got to be on edge. But. I understand, I understand. What, what it is, is that when it comes to the one, understanding who the traveller is, then this is something that goes back to what is referred to as the urf, in the custom. Uh, what is understood to, for an individual to be a traveller? 
No, so there's certain things that we'd understand that a person, if they're in the land, they are they are uh, a traveller or they are a person that is a resident. Now, and so when a person in particular he goes, for example, he's going to visit family, but it's not his home. Now, is there's nothing of his that he possesses there. He doesn't contribute to anything in that home. He's a visitor, and thus he travelled to visit there as well. Irrespective of the amount of time he's there, he's still a traveller. Now, I'm mean, still a traveller. Even if he goes, in your, your example, he's gone for a week. In that time, he's still a traveller. Why? Because he's staying with someone, staying in someone else's home. And he's not a person that contributes to that home in particular. Now, I'm mean, so then in that case, he's a traveller. The opposite of that is what you find, I think we discussed before. Some people, they will say that I'm going to a particular land to study. Now, I mean, this happened to some students in the gym. This is, and it's erroneous. And they say, because I know I'm going to be here for six years, for example, and come back home. I'm going to be a traveller for that amount of time, so now I'm going back home. However, he does everything that is regarded as being a resident. Rather, he even has a card that carries that he carries that says he's a resident. Naam. So, in that case, he, he can, wouldn't be regarded, regarded as being a traveller because he's gone to this place to live, even if it's for a specific amount of time. So, it's all about, it goes, it goes back to the custom and what is the purpose of the person being in that particular land. So, it's better to, to sharpen them when you're alone. But what about if you attend the masjid as well? Then, then you could carry on like normal with the imam. Yeah, so if you if you attend the masjid and you're, you're in a land that, we, that you travel to, then you pray the full salah behind the imam. And it's the same. Is it required for us to pray with the sutra or pray every time? Is it required to pray with the sutra? Yeah, with the sutra. No, it's, it's, uh, it's better for the person to pray with using the sutra. So it's, it's, a, it's a particular a particular height, now, um, and it's it should go to where the point where you're making sajda. Or just after the point that you're making sense. This is regarded. This, this is regarded as the place of the, so, the sutra. So it has to be a, a, a short height and the place where you are, um, where you're making the sutra. Now, I'm confused.